Change Cultivators, welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with Judith Germain as we explore maverick leadership, its application to transformation and change, and try to get you to walk away from this episode with some tips and tricks and hacks on how you can be a better change cultivator in times of change, learning from all of the expertise that Judith brings to the table. Judith, good day and welcome back. Thank you. Awesome. I want to just dig right in and kind of get to it. So when we last left our story, um, you were suggesting that part of the barriers that um, leaders have in driving change and, and being good leaders is ego, um, fear of change, critical thinking, and the ability to kind of track that all the way through to execution. And I love your focus on execution and outcomes, um, because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do as leaders, and it's what the leaders were called to do. Um, as you think about that, you kind of said some things that I think it could be hard for our audience. You said things like um, a great maverick leader is pathologically curious. They're constantly collecting and processing stimuli and data. They have critical thinking frameworks to be able to get their heads around, but they don't get locked into one type of framework. They're agile and nimble about how they actually apply different ways of thinking to not get stuck into one way. So. I could imagine one or more of our listeners going, yeah, so that's somebody's born that way. There's no way you can teach me or give me tips and tricks to be better at that, to which I know you're shaking your head, um, <laughs> but help, help that person over the hump. Think of that one person who is on a jog right now while listening to us with the headphones on and they're like, yeah, I kind of tracking, but I can't do that. How would you help that person know that they can do it? And then let's talk a little bit about specifics. Like what could they do to get themselves out of that? And I know, I love that you you're, you have a maverick mentoring practice. So think about your mentoring our audience. What would you be willing to share with them? Hmm. Well, it's certainly possible to change the way you think. It's funny enough, I was asked that question um, by an organization that had a group of managers. And one of the things they said was, they need to be able to strategically think. Um, and in doing that, what I did was come up with a number of models to look at how do you, uh, hard to explain on a podcast. I guess, I guess probably the better way of saying it is you need to think about the strategic direction that you want to go in. Too many people are tied up with the plan and not understanding that the plan is the second part. The first part is, where do you want to go? <laughs> By when? How do you want to get there? <laughs> it's really simple. Um, and if you know the strategic direction of where you're going, no matter what obstacle comes up, you can get past it. I Sometimes I've been called by a client as um, the maverick sat-nav, right? always rerouting. So you get to the destination and maybe that's how you need to look at it. It's like it, you hit this obstacle and you've got this voice that says reroute, <laughs> work it out, new route. And I think if you see it like that, you'll always get to the destination because it's about the destinations. It's not about the how. So that would help, I think, in terms of the thinking is to think of yourself as a sat nav and you're constantly rerouting. You just need to be clear because um, this is what you were saying about um, how do you do that in, in a time that's constantly moving? Mm -hmm. All you need to do is you go, where do I want to end up? What are the milestones I need to to get there? And make sure you hit those milestones. And when you hit the milestone, you do another check. Am I still wanting to go to that strategic direction 
or do I want to go to a different one? If it's the same, carry on. If it's a different one, find a new milestone. So that would help with, the, that's probably a quick and easy way of looking at the thinking aspect so, of it, I guess. So I, I'll, I'll push on that. So think of yourself more of a satellite navigation system, right? I'm going there and it may change. Uh, my analogy often, uh, I, I, I sail. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sailor. I'm a frustrated sailor at part times. Uh, and when we go cruising, I know where I want to get, but I'm never actually on course to get straight there because of wind and current and that kind of stuff. So those constant maneuverings you're making, but I still know I want to get there. <laughs> and so it's constantly adjusting to what's happening around you and reassessing the next best thing action to take Perfect. in order to be able to get there. So the sailing analogy is my way of bringing leaders through that sometimes and just saying, look, you got to know that 90 plus percent of the time when you're sailing to a place, you're technically off course. <laughs> you're just I love are. That. It's I the love nature that. of how it works. Maverick leaders always come in on budget and on time because they set the strategic direction. Right. And they're assessed to that. So that's good. Okay. Um, the other one that you mentioned was ego. Let go of the need to be right. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is not about when you're leading, if you are focused on what is the greater good, the hair, what's the greater good principle? And the greater good principle is first, do no harm. Hmm. If I have to do harm, do the least amount of harm. So for example, if you have to restructure, try to avoid redundancies. If you can't avoid redundancies, treat people fairly. You know, don't humiliate them, treat them equitable, help them through the redundancy. So that's the do the least amount of harm, for example. So that would help on terms of ego is head towards the greater good principle remember that that whatever you are doing is a reflection of you and what you stand for so make sure when you know make sure you know what you stand for because that is what you are going to be showing to other people is there a technique is there a exercise is there something you put leaders through to help them combat this ego first thing um and, and, and I'm, I'm wildly curious if you have an answer to that question, because I'm not sure I've ever seen it. But, um, you know, if you're an egocentric leader, having somebody tell you don't be full of ego um, is almost impossible to get out of because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so because you're attacking my ego. And now, I, now I've got my backup and saying, what do you want me to do here? So is there a way you help break that down? Because uh, as, you're, as you're saying it, it's a requirement, right? Like you can't be ego driven here. Um, because that's going to drive you in the wrong direction. But how do you break that down for people? I think the most simplistic mind, mindset shift is, what do you want? If you go to the fact of, what is it that you really want? And then work on how to get there. Because when you do that work, you will be less ego-driven, because your ego won't allow you to get what you want. So one of the things I say to people, if I'm, you know, if I'm mentoring or training leaders, say, for example, is find the compelling reason for change, not your compelling reason, the other person's compelling reason, and then talk to that. Because people, people will throw their ego out if it means they're going to get what they want. But if you say to someone, you need to change your ego, that's not compelling. But do you want to keep your job or do you want to get promoted? Right. That's more compelling. Okay, what do these do to get that? So, so that's probably the most simplistic way of looking at it. 
I love it. I love it. Um, so, so far you said, so one tip and trick is to kind of set a strategy of where you want to be, right? Where you want to be and how you want to get there and let that be your key navigation waypoint out there and, and manage towards that. Let go of your ego, right? And I love the way you said it in an earlier, earlier episode for us. It's really about getting it right, not being right at that moment. So set aside your ego and get it right on how to get there and achieve that result. So I've got two juicy, meaty nuggets so far. What else would you have me kind of capture to say a good maverick leader would really build the muscle around doing X from a leadership standpoint? Being change eager, all right? Good. You change happens. It's always happened. <laughs> but even now, it's happening and it's happening fast and it's going to continue to happen in a faster and faster pace, right? So you need to do more than accept it. You need to be eager for it, be excited for it, because within every change, there's something fun, cool, different and impactful within that change. So go look for that, you know, get excited about that. So good. We, we, on so many of these conversations on the podcast, we talk to people who are naturally wired or have learned to be wired like you are. Uh, and one of the questions we often talk about is like, how do you make people really embrace change? And uh, I actually like you stepped it up. It's like, be eager for change, right? It's don't just embrace it and accept it, but be eager for it and be the ones to drive change. And so we often kind of talk about a dynamic of, can you deal with the disruption or can you create the disruption, <laughs> right? And it sounds to me like you think great maverick leaders can actually be the disruptors in a marketplace or, a, or an organization that they are. They can and actually- bring other people with it. Yeah. So, um, funny enough, I had somebody, an NLP model, do a modeling exercise on me. And what they said was, I model how to have fun. So when I was working, so if you can imagine a typical HR department, often is risk adverse often doesn't like change. And I would work with individuals and have them so change eager because they'd be like, we've got to do this. But it's going to be great because, because... And it's a fantastic thing to see because it becomes a ripple around the whole organisation where people go, I guess you're learning, you're learning to go towards the reward rather than mourn the loss. And that come, you have to model that because that's not natural for like the vast majority of people. So you have to model it. You have to be, uh, to begin with, you have to be overexcited, you know, but respectful of people's feelings. So you have to still pace people through the change. So it's not about you being irresponsible and going, this is great. Yeah, we're all going to lose our jobs. You know, it's not what I'm saying. <laughs> right. We had a we had another year reminded me of another guest on the podcast, Cassandra Worthy. Cassandra Worthy created similar to you, Maverick Leadership. Created she created the whole practice around change enthusiasm, and she yeah. is the world's leading experts on change enthusiasm, largely because she created the space on change enthusiasm. But she talks about signal emotions that people have, and yes. really the emotive side. Can you recognize a signal signal emotion that somebody has when you're asking them to change, and how do you? rewire and pull them through that change by tapping into that signal emotion it sounds like you have a similar way of thinking yeah i talk about pacing pacing the yes. change so you say to somebody we will reach this point or you will feel like this when we reach this point and how you can deal with that is like this so you're actually pacing people through so when they reach as you tell them you know this is getting you're gonna get angry you're gonna get depressed you're gonna, and you and you look for not just telling them most people just 
tell people you're going to get angry. That doesn't mean anything. You give ideas and solutions and talk through it so that when it happens, they've really dummy runned it through. Yes. So they'll they'll skip through that part fairly fairly quickly. You you hit on a pet peeve of mine, so I'm going to throw it out and allow you to touch on it. The 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 role of strategic executive communication in times of change as leaders, and I think this is legacy from more militaristic leadership styles, which was kind of order and command structures. Um, you just tell people, go that, do that. Okay. Um, in times of disruption and transformation, and I would argue probably in your world of maverick leadership, it's bringing people through, not ordering them through. And the role of consistent, clear, ongoing change communication. And you know, we have a practice area in our, in our consulting firm around doing that, but talk to that critical role of communication as a leader, because it seems to be an under-leveraged skill in yeah. leadership in times of change. The important thing for maverick leaders to be able to do is to bring certainty in uncertainty, right? Mm. So people, people, one of the reasons communications fail in organizations because they say, we don't know, so we can't communicate. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you know, because you can provide certainty, even if that certainty is, we will know in 30 days, you know, there's all, you can always be certain about something. Bring does, certainty. Does, that, does that help? Oh my goodness, it certainly does. Awesome. Awesome. So we've got a couple of key takeaways here, nuggets. I'm going to recap for our listeners. Set a strategy and vision and keep that as your north and star. Let go of the need to be uh, be right. Kind of let put your ego aside and look to get it right. Um, let's see, why are my scribbles here? Um, you know, be, seek out change, be eager for change. And then this notion of communicate, communicate, and communicate, even if you don't 100% know the answer. I would connect communication back to ego. The ego-driven people want to solve the problem before they communicate it. Put that aside. Communicate Don't throughout change. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Is there one final tip that you would want our listeners to know about your view of Maverick, um, of Maverick leadership that you think would just jump out and say, you know, just remember this, people. The one thing I would, would say is you need to know yourself, your values, your principles, and what would you live for? People also like what you die for. That's ridiculous. People die for all sorts of things. But what would you live for? What would, what would you get up out of bed and absolutely live for? Because when you know that, you cannot be manipulated, right? You'll stand firm and you will be transparent and you can role model what your leadership style is because you know who you are and what you will do and how you'll get there. And somehow you knew that at 19, which is remarkable. You knew that back to that story. Uh, I, I could talk all day and probably multiple days with you because it's so fun and so insightful. Um, but I want to honor your time too. So listeners, how can our listeners find out more and get in touch with you? What would you have them look up? Uh, probably go to the website, which is maverickparadox.co.uk. And from there, you can see the book, the magazine, podcast, the radio show etc cetera, etc cetera. perfect perfect well on behalf of all of our listeners thank you for joining us it was a delightful chat with you i have learned a tremendous amount so i hope our listeners have as well thank you thank you yeah, thank you it's been fun Whoa.